This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Uh, so the first question is, tell us about uh, yourself. Without talking about law? Yes. <laughs> So I okay. So I was born in Montreal, and I moved to Toronto when I was young. And but I went back to Montreal for three years to study English literature at McGill University. Uh-huh. Uh, still have a passion for literature, and I've been married for twenty six years and have three daughters. Oh wow, nice. Um, so, what was your law school experience like? You know, it was fairly routine. I went to Osgood, um, and I don't think that there was anything sort of that stands out too much. I mean, it was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, worked hard and and um, hopefully learned a lot. Is there anything that you might have done differently? Um, perhaps I might have taken some time off between my undergraduate degree at McGill and going back to law school because... Once you start working, that's it. You don't get that time to mm-hmm. to travel, uh, maybe work abroad as you, as you would once you st- once you once you start and your your career starts. So yeah. So uh, when and how did you identify your interest in not for profit and charity law? So when I started off, I was obviously the most junior person yeah. in my uh, corporate department, and you know at the time, twenty five years ago, nobody wanted to do the nonprofit charity work, so they always handed it off to the junior person. Mm-hmm. And um, about eight years into practice, I switched to another firm, and when people at that firm found out that I knew something about nonprofit and charity law, they started handing me their files, and I oh. thought, whoa, this is something that um, maybe I can build a practice out of. Oh, wow. So did you have any sort of, like, I guess, mentors, or did you sort of find your way just... By yourself, um, I, I mean, I did. I did work um, with some corporate lawyers who had a little bit, you know, had mm-hmm. a little bit in the area, and I worked with some tax lawyers who had some experience more in the, the charity side because that tends to be more tax driven. But I really taught myself. Oh wow, that's really hard. <laughs> but, you know, but there were resources, and yes, and yes. Have to remember that law twenty five years ago wasn't quite as sophisticated as, uh, and. Uh-huh. People weren't as as focused necessarily on one area. They were more generalist. And oh, now everybody's okay. sort of really um, specializing because there's just so much more information. Okay. With the internet, right? Um, so you've touched upon your career development. Um, I was just wondering if you could dive into it more, like from articling to becoming a partner and the chair of your practice group. Sure. So um, I started, I articled actually for a relatively small firm of about 12 lawyers mm-hmm. um, that um, merged the day after my call to the bar <laughs> with a mid-sized firm. <laughs> and then from that mid-sized firm, um, I went to a national firm. Oh, okay. um, So I went from small to medium to big and then came back and came back to medium. When I was at the national firm is really when my practice in charity not-for-profit law developed. Uh-huh. Um, and I created and chaired their national charity law practice group. So when I came over here, yeah. uh, it was sort of a, a natural transition to just sort of, I was the charity law lawyer. 
<laughs> so uh, yeah. brought over here. So um, that sort of how, and then we sort of grew that group here from mm-hmm. people from different disciplines who did work for you know nonprofit and charitable clients. Um, so for people who are interested in charity law, uh, what sort of courses would you recommend them taking? Well, I think fundamental, I think business associates, from what I understand, yes. associations is now a mandatory course. So that's that's key. My background is corporate law. Yeah. Um, I, uh, tax is certainly um, a good area to have as a background. And trust. Trust. Um, those are sort of because charities can be any of those corporations mm-hmm. or trusts. Um, and the tax is the is the is the key component. Uh, another good course would be wills and estates because there are yes. a lot of people who are now in charity law seem to have that have come from that background. Mm-hmm. They most come from tax or wills and estates. A few of us from corporate. Okay. Um, although, I'll, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just, although today, um, you know, when I was started, there was no such thing as charity and not for profit law. So nobody started off in it. Now people mm-hmm. are actually going to firms like ours and others that have charity law lawyers or departments, and this is where they, you know, this is their yeah. career uh, thoughts or decision. Um, please give a piece of advice to someone in law school who's still looking for their interest area in law. I, I think if you're not sure what you want to do, yeah then try to article at a full-service firm or a firm that at least has multiple practice areas and be open-minded because you don't know, um, you know, where you're going to end up. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if you go to a full-service firm, then you can try a bit of everything. You can do some corporate, you can do some real estate, you know, you can do some litigation, maybe employment law, family law. Our firm is... You know, we're a mid-sized firm, but we're full service. We have a whole pile of different practice areas, yes. and it allows you to to rotate. So here we do sort of a, a 50-50, half in sort of the litigation and half in um, the business side of things, mm-hmm. and you get a taste of all the different practice areas, and we have a partner-intensive program where you can shadow somebody, a lawyer, in an area that you have a strong interest for a month. Right? Oh, so wow. that gives you a yeah. real opportunity. So I think trying to find a firm that has multiple different practice areas and be open, saying if you don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people don't know what, like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to do litigation, but I still went article that a you know, firm that had both practice areas because you never know. You never okay. know what's going to spark your interest. Um, is there a particular reason as to why litigation didn't appeal to you? Did you just try it and didn't like it? or? I guess at the time I I, I didn't like I, I I'm I think better when I prepare and I can think about something and write it and and sort of uh, chew on it for a bit. Whereas oh, okay. litigation is much more about standing on your feet and you know answering things in the moment. Mm-hmm. So just for my personality type, I'm a little more methodical yes. in in the way my brain works. So okay. the writing the writing part appeals to me more than the, you know, uh, the... Yeah, and, yeah, that's sort of like me, too. <laughs> yeah. I prefer just sorting out my thoughts and then writing it out and spontaneously answering questions. <laughs> right, I mean, as, I mean, obviously with experience, yeah. that changes. I mean, I never used to like to public speak. Right mm-hmm. now I do it all the time just because you practice it. And so when you, you know, when you're... Um, 
unsure about something yes. and hesitant, you got to just keep doing it and practicing it until you're comfortable with it because, you know, it's an important skill. So, but, mm-hmm. I, but I agree with you. I mean, we all have different personalities. I'm also not by nature um, a fighter. You know, uh, like I don't like to battle yes, about yes. something. I'd rather work in a cooperative environment to, mm-hmm. uh, to you know, to reach a, a resolution that benefits so I, yeah, so I guess for students as well, it's important for them to know themselves to be able to figure out what they, they're interested in. Well, that's right, but that's why I'm saying like, be open-minded, because mm-hmm. you may think you're not in, interested in litigation, that's right? True. And, you may, and, and you may say, this is not what I want to do because I want to be able, you know, like I did, say, mm-hmm. I want to be able to, you know, sit and sort through my thoughts, but then there are people who, you know, um, get into litigation, they get mentored by somebody or they're working on some great files and lit- litigation is not all ab- always about going to court as I've mm, talked to yes, one of my yes. colleagues recently uh, you know most cases settle before they go to court so it yes. depends what you want to do, there's all kinds of aspects of litigation, you know, mm-hmm. just by way of example our litigation department here is so there's commercial litigation we have an el- active health law group which you know defends mm-hmm. healthcare professionals our employment group is considered litigation our construction group is considered litigation family group is considered litigation so litigation spans wow. a whole pile yeah. of different areas and it doesn't necessarily mean commercial litigation standing up in court right so yeah. you know that's why i say we also have a state administ- uh, litigation so mm-hmm. you know don't close off to say litigation because litig- if you say no litigation you're closing off you know a whole pile of different areas that's why I mean be open minded yeah. like, go somewhere that has a lot of different things so that you can see what you like yes that's that's a very good point and sometimes working with mm-hmm. the right person mm-hmm. like if you go to a firm and you end up you know articling and there's a, a lawyer that mentors you yes. that you connect with you may never have thought I would have been in that area but that person gives you the passion for that area mm, so yeah that's that's a, another good point <laughs> <laughs> um, and were there any challenges that you faced that, uh, in developing your ca- career um, yeah as I mentioned before when I the day I got hired back when I article to work with um a lawyer and mm-hmm. the day after my call to the bar we merged uh, with another firm and that lawyer decided not to go oh. so I ended up going from thinking I was working with this wonderful person to going to a firm where I really didn't have a source of work so it took, I had to read um, uh, develop myself and, and gain credibility at a new place mm-hmm. um, and then in the late uh, 90 or sorry in the early 90s the recession hit and there was not much corporate work so, you know, a lot of the corporate lawyers started leaving the firm, and I was the last associate left <gasps> in my department. Um, and then I ended up moving to that national yeah. firm. And then, you know, being a young woman, it's yes. hard to develop. Uh, it was hard to develop a corporate law practice, mm. and charity law provided me with that opportunity, which was another reason, you know, why I moved in that direction. Because it was still corporate work, but just for a, a different type of of client. Mm, yes. Uh, and where, so, uh, you know, that one sort of got handed to me. Do you, so. do you think women these days still face, I guess, similar challenges in terms of developing their own practices, or is it a bit easier now? Or? Um, I, I think it's, in some ways, there's still challenges, in some ways it's easier. I think it's hard for a young any young lawyer mm-hmm. to develop a practice. I mean, that's, that's a challenge that's 
all you know young people coming out of school have to face and it's a question of um of building that confidence to go out and do the things that can help you develop your practice and there's you know different ways i think that um you know, there's the, the, the way of, you know, whining and dining mm-hmm. and taking people out and, you know, meeting them and just keeping those touch points. And there's other ways of building reputation by, you know, like I did. I, w- I joined the Ontario Bar Association charity and not-for-profit law uh-huh. sessions, both at the OBA and the CBA, which was, you know, critical to get, gaining a network um, and people who knew me speaking engagements, which you have to overcome that fear if you have it, Uh, writing articles, so building profile is another way. So, Mm. you know, it's an indirect answer to your question. I think that in some ways it's still, there are still challenges, but I think that there's more opportunity and different ways to business development, to develop business today, which there wasn't when I started off. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't the circulation for articles and, and you know, blogs and all of that wasn't yeah. there when I started. So that, that, I think, gives you a leg up on building your reputation. Okay. And I think that, that women, um, if we can't use it as an excuse that it's harder, we just, you just do it and you find your way to, to, to uh, develop your, mm-hmm. your business and your network. That sounds promising to us. <laughs> I hear, well, there, I mean, yeah. you know, it's hard going, I have a 22-year-old daughter who's just started out, right? And, uh-huh. it's, you know, it's hard finding the way, your way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have to stay positive and you have to, you have to work at it. Of course, right? If yeah. you work at it, it will come. That's good. As long as it will come after hard work, then it's worth it. It will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So as for your current role, um, some listeners might not be familiar with, I guess, your day-to-day responsibilities and uh, what charity law involves. So I was wondering if you could just maybe explain a bit more. Sure. So, I mean, charity law is... um, I call it charity and not-for-profit yeah. law or non-profit law. It's sort of a different lingo that's used. But it's in, all, in many ways, it's a sector that we're servicing as opposed to, you know, like real estate law, which you're just dealing with real property for the most part. For, for charity law, we're deal, I deal with clients who are that are charities or non-profit organizations yeah. um, and the various... Uh, needs that they have, primarily, as I explained in my background, as a corporate lawyer. So, mm-hmm. I set up new, I set up new charities and nonprofits. Um, I help them with their governance structure. So, governance structure is um, who are the members who get yes. to be a member of the charity or the nonprofit? How are the directors elected to the board? How are meetings held? Um, uh, th- those kinds of. of Issues. Um, I deal with contracts or agreements mm-hmm. that they enter into with uh, third parties. I help them if the Canada Revenue Agency comes in for an audit, yeah, uh, compliance, yeah. you know, things that they need to do to comply with their obligations uh, under the Income Tax Act or so their tax obligations. Um, I do a lot of. Um, orientation for new boards of directors mm-hmm. on what their roles and duties are. 
So it's really, it's, it's quite a wide spectrum, although it involves a lot of paper. A lot of paper. <laughs> I think a lot of law work involves a lot of paper. <laughs> it, it, it does, it does. We try and go paperless, but we, you know, quite have, well, I haven't quite succeeded in that. Maybe, maybe younger people will be better at it. I still need that that tactile feeling of the paper in front of me sometimes to review things, although I do a lot mm-hmm. on my computer with the two screens. But, yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of paper. There's filing obligations. There's, you know, I do. I, I've been involved in litigation. I do, you know, fights about, within yeah. an organization about who gets to control, you know, so there's disputes with members. There's, uh, you know, it, it's really quite diverse the area, mm-hmm. although by primarily it's a corporate focus yeah um, with with a little bit of tax a little bit of trust thrown mm-hmm. in there uh, so what skills do you think have co- contributed most to your success hmm. I think I think people skills are really important to anybody's success okay. it's understanding how to deal with the people and mm-hmm. what the clients want Right, so if you start with the assumption that all lawyers should know the law or should be able to figure out what the law is in a given area, mm-hmm. how do you apply that? How do you service a client? It's knowing what the client needs. You know, so yes. we could all write big, long research memos to clients about this is what the law said, but how do you apply it to the client needs? Yeah. It's by listening to your clients and talking to them and finding out okay. really what they need. So, even at an associate level, because I think a lot of times there's not that much client uh, interaction if you're at a bigger firm, per se, are there other skills that you think have really helped you or helped your colleagues? Yeah, I mean, but even if you're not dealing with Mm -hmm. clients, Mm -hmm. the people you're dealing with, your clients are oftentimes your colleagues within your firm. So if you're, uh, if you're at a bigger yes. firm with, um, you know, lawyers who are asking you to do something, it goes beyond simply, here's what the law says. It's trying to figure out what your end result, mm. you know. Yes, you yes. know, sometimes you don't know because sometimes, um, sometimes clients want things that you mm-hmm. can't give them because the law says otherwise. Or sometimes clients don't really know what they want. They just sort of know what the problem is. But... I think it's always important not to research in a vacuum, to try and, you know, to ask the questions and to, to try and figure out what, what are we trying to achieve here. Um, and that's, yeah. that's the interaction with, with the people and servicing your clients who, as a junior lawyer or, or junior lawyer, will be the lawyers who are giving you the work. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say is the best thing about your job? The people. <laughs> um, I, I have great clients. I mean, yeah. the clients in the charities and nonprofit field are, are wonderful people. Oftentimes, or most times, they're there because uh, they're not there for the money oftentimes because they're mm-hmm. not getting paid the same way as if you're working in, you know, the big corporate sector. But they're there because they have a passion for what they're doing. And that passion oftentimes, or, or most times, um, includes real gratification for the people who help them. So okay. there's a real appreciation for my clients for the work. My yeah. colleagues at, at my firm are tremendous. Uh, and the lawyers here are just uh, wonderful people, very mm-hmm. supportive. And and um, so I think that's the the best thing. And also the, the charity law bar. So when I talk about yeah. the other lawyers who practice charity law, 
are quite supportive. I mean, being part of the OBA and the CBA has really given me this network of mm-hmm. of wonderful people to interact with and to uh, you know uh, we do a lot of you know work together on advisory committees or or yes. what have you yes. and, and so you get to work not just on lawyering but on policy and it's great so the people mm-hmm. perfect uh, what changes do you anticipate in your practice area in the next five years um, I think charity law is a growing area of law. I mean, it really only started in, hmm, I'm going to say, the late 1990s, mm-hmm. and, and and so it hasn't been a, it's it hasn't been a practice area for very long. I think that I'm getting I'm seeing a lot more people interested in charity law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're more concerned about doing social good. Yeah. And so there's this increased interest, um, increased interest in social enterprise, which is a huge um, growing area, both in the charity law field and in other areas as as well, because it's not restricted to mm-hmm. charities and nonprofits. Um, but I hope, my hope is that in the next five years, charity law will be a standard course at all law schools. Yeah, I I'm just thinking at my school, Ottawa. I don't think we have. Something. You have one course. Karen, Professor Karen Cooper teaches the course at Ottawa. Oh! <laughs> there is one course, and that's the, one of the only two courses in Canada that I'm aware oh, of. Oh, wow. I can't remember what the name of her course is. It may be non-profit. Uh-huh. Wow, I should th- definitely check that out. Yeah, and I think that you, Vic, is the other one, but don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Okay. But, um, but there are only two right now in the Canadian law schools of which oh, I'm aware. Wow. There's some that touch on it, yes, you know, yes. that, that are not necessarily in law. They may be in other departments that sort of talk about mm-hmm. charities and governance, but a strict, from a strict legal perspective, yeah. those are the only ones. Okay. Well, I'll definitely look into that. <laughs> She's great. Karen, Karen, well, Professor Cooper is great. She's <laughs> If I, I do take her, ta- <laughs> if I do take yeah. her course, I'll I'll let you know. <laughs> you tell you, and you tell her that I sent you to her. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and what is a career goal that you're still striving for? You know, I, if when I saw that question, yeah. I, I really had to think about that. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't really. I mean, I'm at a very good place in my career. I practice yeah. at a great firm with great people. They said I'm actively involved in charity not-for-profit law yeah. uh, with the OBA, CBA, with government. Uh, it keeps me connected to these wonderfully supportive lawyers in the charity law bar. Um, and I have clients who appreciate what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're committed to social good. Um, so nothing really is missing. Um, so I can't, I, 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 I don't have anything else <laughs> to achieve. I'm, I'm right where I want to be. I guess any fun goals? <laughs> Fun goals. Um, well, you know, once upon a time, I don't know if this is a fun goal, once upon a time I thought I would like to go back and get my master's. But, oh. Uh, you know, but then never, ne- that's the one thing that's never happened, but there's just, because work is too busy. Yes. Family life is too busy. But fun goals, yes, I'd like to do more traveling. That oh, would be nice, but yeah. that's not part of work. Well, that's okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there still needs to be work-life balance, right? Right, Exactly. And so that, that's always a challenge. It's mm-hmm. a challenge uh, 
when you're starting off in families uh, or just wanting to spend time doing things other than being a lawyer. And I, and for me, it's about setting boundaries with clients. I mean, now with our iPhones and computers and all the rest of it, we're, yes. we're connected all the time. And there is a tendency to check your phone all the time. Some people are better at it than I am. Some people uh -huh. are worse than I am. But it's setting boundaries. So if something doesn't, you know, I set the boundaries yes. with my clients. They know that if there's something urgent that needs to get addressed, yes. evenings or weekends, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but right. not that I'm not going to necessarily respond. And my, my family knows that there's some times that I have to work yes. on weekends and evenings. Yeah. Um, but that I will make the time for them. That's one of the things about being practicing charity and not-for-profit law. There tends to be a lot of evening and weekend work because there's oh. a lot of volunteers involved, right? Yes, so, yes. you know, flying to, you know, out of town next weekend to go to a meeting on a Saturday morning. Uh -huh. But then you, you find the time otherwise, you know, but it gives me flexibility in my work week, right? So Yeah, of course. And there's always, well, with charities, I always find whenever I volunteer at I feel better after it. Yes. <laughs> and, and it feels like you're actually contributing to something meaningful. Absolutely. Which is important. <laughs> and I say the people who yeah. are involved, you know, they're special people. So. Mm -hmm. uh, final question. If you weren't a lawyer, what would you do for work? Hmm. I think that I would maybe be a literary editor oh. or work mm -hmm. at a university. You know, in education field somehow, um, always mm -hmm. feel, um, like the connection yes, there. Not yeah. being a lawyer at a university, but working somewhere <laughs> <laughs> at a university with yes. education. That makes sense. Okay, thank you. You've just been listening to the Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds. <laughs>